Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Okay, I am actually sitting here in Marco Island, Florida, in Grandma T's headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> I just actually renamed my office in my home in Marco Island, Florida, Grandma T's headquarters, because I have a little garage off of the side of my house that we've transposed into my little office. And now it's my podcast interview center and I'm actually interviewing today someone extremely special my honey bunches of oats my chicken livers my everything a woman I met at the John Maxwell training in 2013 well you all probably already know her name because I talk about her all of the time <laughs> none other than the Mafan Ekpo <laughs> I wanted to say how the crowd goes wild. <laughs> and they are too. They're all clapping and they're in their car just screaming right now. So excited to hear from you finally, Mafan, because I talk about you now. I can finally have you talk to everyone. And it's so funny because we were sitting in the kitchen yesterday. She uh, just came in from Orlando, Florida at an event and she's from Nigeria. So what is that, like a 35-hour trip for you? It's pretty far. Yeah. 35-hour <laughs> trip. It's, it's six hours to, to England and then nine and a half hours to Orlando. So oh, that's about, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that's okay. like 15. <laughs> that's like 35 hours. Good. <laughs> and, uh, and so we finally, she said, I'm going to get some R&R. Can I come to your home in Marco Island? Are you there? Yes, please come hang out. And I said, I am going to totally grab you to do this podcast interview. I've been trying to do this interview with her for one year. I'll never forget the day I met you, Mafan, because I remember John Maxwell saying that you'll meet some of your best friends here for life. And, you know, we meet people for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. And the minute I met you, I knew it was for a lifetime. And just the mere fact that two years ago that you spent $3,500 plus to get to my daughter's wedding and I said to you, I said, Mafan, why are you coming to Brianna's wedding? It's so much hassle, so much money. And you said, Tina, it's not every day our daughter gets married. Aww. And that just made me ball because you don't even know like the emotions that was going through my whole mind that entire year. I was bawling because it wasn't that I was losing my daughter, but I was just so happy that she was getting married to this incredible man. And I couldn't stop crying. And, and you were there for me. I don't think I could have made it through the wedding. I really don't. We were there holding out the towels. That Tina, Tina didn't cry into like handkerchiefs or anything. We had to hold beach a towel. towel. Yeah, a beach towel for her tears. But yeah, it was oh my, my pleasure to do that. And yeah, you're such... I'm glad I'm the first guest in Grandma T's headquarters. Yes, I have Ooh. never had a guest here at Grandma T's headquarters. So those of you who want me to interview you here in Margo Island, Florida, are going to have to fly down. <laughs> she came all the way from Nigeria to be interviewed. So it really is a pleasure to have you. And, and I tell you, looking at your biography, Mafan, I'm just like, I can't even say these words. Like you're way, way beyond me and years of just your schooling and everything that you've done. And, and it's, you're really well accomplished. And, and I want to actually read some of this because those of you that don't know Mafan, she's just one 
unbelievable, incredibly kind person, uh, but she's also very well accomplished and she has this incredible company and she does these incredible workshops. She's probably one of the best speakers I've ever heard. You, you've spoken at the John Maxwell training a few times and every time I hear you speak, my mouth just drops <laughs> and you're just so anointed by God when you speak and you. you just wanna like capture every word. So yesterday we're sitting in the kitchen and I should have video, I should have videotaped it, I should have recorded it as the podcast because you were on fire. And I was taking notes and I actually have some of those notes with me as well too. But, but here's Mafan, she holds multiple degrees in public and international law, business law, social sciences, journalism, incredible writer that she is. She's a neuro-linguistic programming and she has a master's degree in maritime law from the University of Southampton, England. She's the executive director from the John Maxwell team, a certified trainer and coach. She served on the President's Advisory Council of the John Maxwell team. She's conducted nationwide values-based transformational leadership initiatives with him on the invitation of governments and countries like Guatemala and Paraguay and Costa Rica, and Costa Rica. because we were together on Guatemala and Costa Rica. And, and I'll tell you, uh, I don't know about you, Mavon, but the minute that I started going on these trips with John Maxwell, I knew that I wanted to do these for the rest of my life. Absolutely. So instead of mission trips, like let's get to the leaders, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It's incredible. So we'll talk about that. But uh, her passion for writing has generated uh, national inter and international recognition and won her multiple awards for papers written and presented. She's also a multiple recipient of the Golden Quill by the National Academy of Bestselling Authors in Hollywood for her best-selling books, Pushing to the Front and the Only Business Book You Will Ever Need. So I got that book, so that's really awesome. As she co-authored with none other than Brian Tracy, Robert Allen, and Lee Steinberg. And Mafan is also the recipient of the award Best in Professional Ethics from the Nigerian Law School. She is also a personal coach to top business CEOs, which we're going to talk about. She's worked and trained for the British High Commission, the Supreme Court of Nigeria, National Judicial Institute, and the National Assembly of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, amongst others. She, Mafan, is a Mandela Washington Fellow in the pioneer set of President Obama's Young African Leaders Initiative and served as the chairperson of the Advocacy Committee on the Regional Advisory Board for the Fellowship, which is incredible. The rest I can't uh, even say because it's <laughs> words beyond my capability. Um, Lafon was appointed an honorary citizen and a goodwill ambassador for the state of Arkansas in the United States of America in 2014 by the governor of the state. She was named one of Nigeria's most inspiring women in 2017 by Leading Ladies Africa and a selected finalist in the British Council Awards for Social Impact in Nigeria. Um, Mafan sits on various boards in her advisory capacity and consults for various projects with a focus on strategy and structured, sustainable implementation. And what I'm really excited to talk about today is the fact that you now have an officially trademarked workshop called the Blueprint of How. So you can go to blueprintofhow.com and see. And I actually was watching the videos on there and there, I almost started crying listening <laughs> to people's stories. It's incredible. So yeah, so go to blueprintofhow.com so you can see what that's all about. And she goes all over the world. She's an international trainer 
to do these workshops. She helps people across Africa, Europe, United States of America translate their ideas into viable and sustainable impact-driven business. Wow. So thank you, Mofan, for you. being oh my goodness. <laughs> here with me. I'm just like, wow, can I just have like your autograph? Like, I don't even know if I could actually talk to you right now. Uh, but tell, talk a little bit about your journey, because when you have spoken on the stage at the John Maxwell uh, uh, program yeah. many times and you've told your story and you've told yeah. your story of a lot of adversity. Uh, tell a little bit about yourself of how you got to where you are now. Got it. Uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm, um, this Tina says, oh my gosh, you're so accomplished. Like I'm in awe of Tina. If I am disciplined, Tina is like 10 times more disciplined. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, I love being here. Thank you. Um, so my journey is pretty, uh, one of, it's been, a kind of like a leader's journey. However, you don't know it's, you only know that in retrospect when you kind of look back. Um, so I'm from Nigeria, obviously. Um, and I think one of the turning points for me was just, uh, I started and kind of climbed up the corporate ladder pretty quickly. So I worked in corporate for a bit and Tina, you know, you can ask me any questions to kind of delve into the parts yeah. you want me to delve into, but I climbed up corporate very quickly and pretty much got to the executive director level and realized that, um, I had a unique problem, but I found out that it was the problem of most leaders as well in the sense that I was confused at that level, but didn't have anybody to go to to say or to admit my confusion. So you get to the level, you get to the, in other words, you get to the dream. Yeah. And you realize the dream is not the dream. There is more to you than, than what people refer to you as. So you've climbed up this tree and you, you realize, look, um, I want to do more. I'm in corporate, but I really want to teach. I want to teach people. I want to coach people. Um, and you can do that in part, but you can do that completely fully. So I was just in this space where I was confused. And, and, um, mm. I remember, I will never forget. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, Oh, I'm so confused that, and you know, this is what's going on in my life. And I can't forget what he said. He said, um, I'm fun. we don't know how to deal with this you. Mm. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, we're, we always come to you for solutions. We don't know how to deal with the confused you. Wow. And so I thought, where do, do leaders go? Yeah. When they're confused, when mm -hmm. they're stuck, stuck stinks like Paul Martinelli or, yeah. or a mentor would always say. But I realized there's a lot of, of, of there's limits placed on leaders because everyone comes to them for solutions. But where do they go when they need solutions? And so I started training to be a coach. Um, to leaders, to influencers, so that they would be able to go somewhere um, mm -hmm. when they kind of hit the limit. Um, because that's what causes suicide. And, and at that level, it's like, I don't know who to go to to solve my problem. Um, wow. Yeah, I always have wow. to continue pouring out. But mm -hmm. who pours back into the leader, per yeah. se? Yeah, so that, that was my main reason for becoming a coach a speaker a trainer so that the people who lead others would always have a place to go to wow yeah so you 
at this point in your life, and I was thinking of the law of the lid, so you're part of this big corporation or different corporate life, mm -hmm. and you're realizing there's no one that has a lid. You know, we call it the law of the lid, mm -hmm. which is your level of effectiveness, Absolutely. right? Or really the level of knowledge, mm -hmm. right? Of really pouring into. And so what was it? What was that transforming moment for you to realize I need to do this? And how, how did you even find out about the John Maxwell team all the way in Nigeria? Uh, I think it's, you know how they say, oh, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm. That's true, but that's frustrating because the student has to start searching. Yeah. And, um, so I started searching really, and it was frustrating because you don't know what's wrong. You just know right now in retrospect, I know what it is. It's the season shutting down and it's like the caterpillar transforming to be a butterfly one season for the caterpillar is shutting down but if the caterpillar doesn't know that it's a season shutting down it's chaos for the caterpillar so the caterpillar starts panicking mm. if the caterpillar has understanding that's why the bible and i'm a person of faith says in all thy getting get understanding because if there's an understanding that oh this season is shutting down and, and i'm um i'm metamorphosing into a butterfly then it doesn't panic but because with life, we only see things backwards or we only understand things backwards. At that point in time when the season was kind of shutting down, I was panicking. I was in chaos. The things I love to do in corporate, I hated. All of a sudden, I was like, what is happening to my life? I don't want to go to the office anymore. I don't want to talk to the people in corporate anymore. I just want to sit down and coach people. Like, is my life going downhill? How am I going to make money? It was just... Yeah. It was just chaos. Um, but I didn't know that a season was shutting down. And so what happens is, is, and I was blessed to be, again, steps ordered by the Lord, but I was blessed to have that. Um, just, I was online just at that time, just looking for who could feed me. Um, and then I kind of registered for this, uh, uh, minute with Maxwell cause there was the minute with Maxwell thing he, he, he did before he launched the team. And it was from there, the minute with Maxwell, that I found out about the John Maxwell team. Now, mm. that's the thing. My, my steps were kind of ordered, but it was after a period of search. And I said, and I thought, what of those who are continually searching and have not found the answer? So one of my core aims was to make uh, the, the awareness of seasons. I, I talked about it. I talk about it on Instagram Live. I talk about it. It's on YouTube so that people kind of understand where they are and they're not in chaos searching. Yeah. Um, because that's a very, it's a, the transition state for any leader is a very chaotic state if they don't understand that it is a transition stage. Mm. Yeah. Well, this is powerful. I think this is going to be called be a butterfly. <laughs> I love it. Be a butterfly <laughs> because, you know, that's the whole thing. I feel like so many people you were saying, about being stuck and I see that so often in my staff as well too and I see it so often in people that I coach and doing the online masterminds that we do as well too that just don't have that clarity mm -hmm. and that's why I love your blueprint of how which I want to unpack that a little bit because I think it's going to help us to take us through how to become that butterfly that Got we're it. truly destined to be and I want to talk through that but I think the number one to be a butterfly the first step is you've got to search for someone to feed you. Absolutely. How did you know, 
beyond a shadow of a doubt that you knew uh, that John Maxwell was that company that was going to feed you? Um, it's like when you go to a hospital and you're trying to explain your symptoms because I had tried to explain my symptoms to a number of people. Okay. And they would be like, be like, I'm losing the zeal to do what I do. And people would be like, oh, Tina, you got to be grateful for the life you have. Mm. And I'm like, I'm grateful. Yeah. However, there's I a but. More. Yeah, there's yes. a but. There's something. And um, when I got into the Jen Maxwell team, I heard Paul Martinelli speaking. And I said, that person understands my symptoms. Like, he just like listed what it was. And Paul Martinelli was the president of the Jen Maxwell team at the time. And I, I was listening to John as well, um, of course, who owns the Jen Maxwell team. And... I just heard people who were honing down of what my symptoms were. So it was like, mm-hmm. I was home. I was home. Yeah. I'm like, these people understand this. And um, and I think that's to, to your first point of find someone who feeds you. Yeah. You will know because the perf- person will understand your symptoms. When people don't understand your symptoms, they try to sweep it under the carpet, even as as lovingly sometimes it's your family and you're 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 um you're not fulfilled anymore Mm -hmm. your family is like what's the matter and they try to throw solutions at you just because they don't understand the problem yeah you will find someone who understands whose hand is on the whose finger is on the pulse and they kind of like know where you are every step of the way they've been through your journey and so even when i'm talking to to leaders now and influencers I kind of can speak to their journey because I have been through the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's really, really powerful. And, and I think uh, the next step, we talked about this yesterday uh, quite a bit, is be one with God. Absolutely. And, and I know we're both women of faith mm-hmm. uh, through that process, and that's one of the reasons why we were so attracted to the John Maxwell team mm-hmm. in the first place. Absolutely. And although they don't preach... Uh, right to you because there's a lot of people a part of the John Maxwell team that aren't people of faith Mm -hmm. but you said something really powerful and I'm not sure who said this um, but you said that uh, someone that told you that what happens when people don't want anything to do with God and I asked you that because I have people in my life they don't want anything to do with God Mm -hmm. and uh, and you said your friend told you well how's that working for you yeah (laughs) So, um, how's that working for you? <laughs> so I'll say it. I actually told Tina, I was like, look, I know there are people who don't believe in God. And, and this is not a, a, a fight of words or it's not an argument. That's why I told you, I, I was like, look, it's not an argument. And, but I said, one of the most powerful quotes I got on that was from a friend. His name is DK. And he said, so I look up because I believe too, that God actually exists. But even if he doesn't, the life I live thinking he does is so much better. Yeah. So I look up because I believe that God actually exists. But even if he doesn't, the life I live thinking he does exist is so much better. So much better. So much better. Um, so yeah, we could argue he doesn't exist. He does exist. I'm like, great. Whatever, you know, floats your boat. Fine. But I believe he exists. And even if he doesn't, the life I live 
thinking he does is so much better. So much better. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I don't even know how people could get through life without being one with God because there's moments and times, even for me, I've got one foot in and one foot out mm -hmm. and I'm frustrated. And you and I talked about this yesterday that you said, have you, do you ever have anxiety yes. attacks? Yes. And I said, yeah, my biggest one was when I had that full salon walkout, mm -hmm. right? And and then we had another walkout about five years ago <laughs> again. And that time I didn't have the anxiety attack like I did, but I do have many anxiety attacks. And Got you it. said, well, what do you do, Tina, when you start to get those? And, you know, immediately, obviously going to God in prayer, but there's like other tangible things too that I do, like breathing. Mm -hmm. I've been learning really good uh, how to breathe properly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, God gave us breath, right? How to breathe properly. Talk about that and talk about how you get through your anxiety attacks because I know sometimes, thank God, be overwhelmed. It's great that we're overwhelmed yeah. because now we're doing things that only God could do through us. Mm -hmm. So being anxious is a good thing, mm -hmm. right? Talk about that, what we talked about yesterday. Oh, that's the, and I, I told you, now this is the funny thing. Um, I never understood what panic attacks were until I got to a certain level of deployment in my life. And I told her, I was like, I was just talking to her, I was like, wait, Tina, have you ever had panic attacks? And she's like, of yes. course I've had panic and anxiety attacks. Yes. I'm like, you get to the point in your life where if your assignment is bigger than you, you're going to have some sort of anxiety attack, panic attacks, whatever, because look, it's bigger than you. Sometimes it's actually bigger than your mind's um, um, construction of a how. Hmm. And so your mind is going into overdrive trying to figure out this thing, trying to figure out sometimes for some of you, it's trying to figure out how to pay for bills on end that you don't know how to pay from. It's, it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be trying to pay for your you know, kids' college. It, it could be anything. Yeah. But whatever is bigger than your capacity to solve, um, throws us into overwhelm, um, throws us into anxiety. It, it could be like a walkout, right? Yeah. Tina talks about her, her salon walkout. Yeah. It's bigger than your capacity to solve at the time. That's mm -hmm. a shock to your system. Mm -hmm. And so our, our biological responses is fight or flight. And, and, and literally your brain starts going to overdrive. And so I started having panic attacks, which is a fantastic phenomenon like I, I don't wish it on anybody but it was it was interesting for me to study at the same time like why why does the body go into this kind of mode and I realized um, it first starts from thoughts or actions which feed thoughts hmm. so it could start from thoughts like you're thinking about something and it's it's not it's never something that you can solve it's always something you cannot solve which is why you know, when we go back to God or when we go back to, you know, believing in God, I asked Tina yesterday, I was like, what's the option? If I don't believe in God, what's the option? It means I believe in me and what a mess. No. <laughs> I'm like, wow. what a mess. I can't yeah. solve everything. I don't know everything. And, and if there is no higher power or if, there's no, if, if there isn't someone I know can solve this thing for me, then it means I'm left on my own and what a mess. Yeah. Um, because when the anxiety comes, I'm able to say, okay, what is the care? What is the thing that triggered this thing? I'm able to, I always do the reverse engineering when I feel like fear or anxiety, or I always say, what did I see? And guys, for some of you, it could be, you just flipped over something on social media. It could be 
anything. I often say your mind is no respecter of information. Mm. It doesn't tell you what information it's going to hinge on. It doesn't doesn't inform you. You could be flipping through social media and something you see. Maybe someone went on a fantastic holiday somewhere and the person is just, you know, saying something to encourage you and your mind goes, you see, you should be on a holiday, but you don't make enough money to go on a holiday. And (laughs) oh, it's just ridiculous stuff. Your mind is a machine. Mm. Um, And you have to realize that you are separate sometimes from what's going on on your inside. Yeah. Um, that's why David in the Bible said, Oh my soul, why are you so troubled within me? Hope thou in God. It's like, look, I know you, this part, you, this part of me that worries so much, you, this part of me that, that is so like taken in by the world and the worries of the world. But he's like addressing it. So I address my mind and I'm like, what did you, what did you, what did you just hinge on? What did you, what did you see? And sometimes I can tell what I saw that threw me off and I address it and I, and I say, you know what, this is what you did and this is why your mind went to overdrive. Um, and sometimes I can't, and those are the times where I cast the care. Um, and I say, you know what, father, I don't know why this triggered this kind of feelings in me. Um, but I take this care and I cast it on you. And then we do all those things, you know, Tina and I were talking about breathing and mm-hmm. because life is life is a series of I call it like you know if you're playing a video game and and your your aim is to go to the end of the strip you know the the like a strip mall or something or the road the end of the road and they're gonna be different potholes life is full of those potholes yeah um and you never know when one is gonna pop up and it's it could be anything it, it could be your health. <laughs> Something yeah. just happens. You've had a health scare, right. Tina. Exactly. I've had health scares. I've been yeah. in an accident and broken my leg before. Um, some things you don't expect, and they just throw you off the deep end. And and when that happens, and so I was telling Tina, like I'm glad there is someone that I can go to when the seasons of life happens or when the shocks of life happen. And then also, we talked about this, and and I said. Don't get medicated just because of you can't understand what a panic attack is. Right. Because sometimes it's tempting to just want to um, kill it or just yeah. want to, you know, come to the normal sport. We call it um, there's something called cognitive dissonance. Okay. Cognitive dissonance is where I'll just simplify this. Um, it's where your you are given new information. Uh, your mind is giving you information, something you want to do, be, have. It's higher than your capacity right now. Yeah. So say you want to get a bigger house or say you want to um, expand your business or something um, or you want to just leave where you are, the level you are in life and go to something higher. Some of you, it's maybe you want to pay for a course. You want to better yourself. It's always, it's always something that stretches you. Mm. Um, you take the first step. Your heart wants it, but your head is, is going to overdrive, asking you how, 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 how. Once that is there, because it's not an idea that is usual to your world, because it's an idea that runs somehow contrary to what you're already used to, it's an idea, anything that runs contrary to what is already in your comfort zone, your mind is going to struggle with it. Yes. You're going to struggle with it. You're going to wake up. And that's you're gonna, okay. You're going to have heart, heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And you should know that it's okay. That is the process. Yes. Most of us don't know that that's the process. And what cognitive dissonance says is that most of us try to get back to that place of comfort zone. Ah. That's, that's how, because yes. again, our mind is in turmoil, our heart is in turmoil. It's like your life is saying, make a decision, make a decision to get me back to comfort zone, make yes. a decision. And usually we sacrifice the dream or the idea Ooh. or the yeah. higher thing, whatever it is, the stretch, yeah. we sacrifice it to come back to comfort zone. And so if we made that deposit for the course, we kind of pull out and yeah. we go like, Whoo, I dodged a bullet. No, you didn't dodge a bullet. You just came back to comfort zone. Yeah. You went um, back to being a caterpillar. You went back to being a caterpillar yeah. because yeah. the uh -huh. transition was too tumultuous for too your much. mind to handle. And yeah. so you're just like, you know what? No. And then you go back. And yeah. so when I'm in turmoil, I don't always think there's a problem. When I'm in turmoil, I say, what am I changing into? Oh, okay. Yeah. When there's a problem, I don't say it's a problem. Yeah. I say, wait, what am I changing into? What am I changing into? into? What, what was that transformational moment for you? What's that untold story that caused you to do that? To do which part? To make that decision, to say, no, it, this is not a problem. And, and me too, because I'd have to say that I, it's kind of a funny thing with my staff when something goes wrong. I'm like, oh, more stage stuff. More stage stuff. <laughs> more it's stage okay. Stuff. Yeah, it's okay that there's problems. Mm -hmm. You know, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Right now we have a leak in our uh, water heater room at, at mm -hmm. our school. It's like, it's okay. It's more mm -hmm. stage stuff Absolutely. You know that we can talk about. Like Absolutely. that we were, 2017 was a tough year because we had the hurricane hit one of our schools and we had a fire hit another school. And I was really calm through that season of adversity and mm -hmm. there was other things that were coming at us as well too and i stayed really really calm because i knew that god was going to turn it around for his glory my uh word for that year was provision and he got did it. he provided got it god provided absolutely for us what was that untold story for you that caused you to make that decision i think it was experience um yeah the first time so when i left corporate it was really tumultuous so um because you know my boss at the time didn't understand why i was leaving it it, it became some sort of problem and so that phase was that year was a struggle mm. um and just going into the unknown it's like what are you gonna do and i was like i don't know but i'm leaving anyway it, it, it was it was it was a mess it's not something that i want to relieve yeah but Again, like I said, in retrospect, coming through that phase, it was, it was that season that birthed the seminar that is now the blueprint of how. Yeah. It was that season that led me yeah. into more into full-time coaching, speaking, training. Yeah. And so when I look back, I'm like, oh, that season happened to, it was like the labor before birth. Hmm. And Good. so labor is not pretty. I often tell no. people. So sometimes everything around you is falling apart. Walkout is happening in mm -hmm. your, what, in your, you know, businesses. businesses. Yeah. But mm -hmm. what, what it did afterwards, where they help you create your values, you were telling me you wrote your values, yeah. you, re you reorganized the business. Yes. That was the labor before the birth yes because the foundation there was cracks in my foundation Absolutely. and so of course it wasn't going to stand and so and you don't know yeah. until mm -hmm. until sometimes the building starts crumbling yeah you keep trying to manage it yeah. until the building starts crumbling and sometimes i tell people look 
to get to the next level, your kingdoms have to fall. Yeah. On one level. And so it wasn't so yeah. much um, um, the an event as it was, I've been through one before. So when the next phase of labor came, yeah. as tumultuous as it was, you're talking about 2017, but you could handle 2017 because you'd handle 2015. Exactly. Or you'd handle the year of the walkout. And you're like, okay, okay, right mm-hmm. now I'm stronger. You're like David. You're like, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. I can handle this. Exactly. Right. It's, it's experience, but this is the problem. When we always run back to comfort zone, we don't give ourselves room to experience anything. So we don't grow the muscle. God knows you're going to face those kind of seasons maybe three times in your life. If you run back the first time, you're going to face the second one, but you didn't build your muscle in the first one. So the second one is even harder. And then the third one, you just quit altogether. Yeah. Um, I think I built muscle with the first, uh, I call it your life upheaval. The first upheaval in your life that you have that kind of threatens everything you know. I built muscle. I'm like, look, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing better? What am I supposed to change? Mm-hmm. Um, Build um, your muscles. Yeah, because think mm-hmm. about it. When the caterpillar is changing to the butterfly, the caterpillar changes. A caterpillar has jaws to, to chew on greens. Right. When it's metamorphosing into a butterfly, those jaws disappear. Mm. Because it doesn't need jaws. The, a butterfly doesn't have jaws. The butterfly has... It's like a, a, it's like an, a butterfly has an antenna for stuff and it has like a straw like mouth that sucks on nectar. So different faces, different tools. So caterpillars, jaws that disappearing. And that's why I said, if you're a caterpillar, you don't understand what's going on. You start being panicked and in chaos because a caterpillar would, if a caterpillar didn't understand what was going on, the caterpillar would be like, my jaws are disappearing. What's happening to my jaws? My jaws <laughs> used to be strong. I want them back. A caterpillar has intestines. Its intestines start disappearing because it doesn't need, the butterfly doesn't, it just sucks oh, in you know nectar. a lot about butterflies. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I started the transition phase of the caterpillar wow. to a butterfly and I'm like, Oh my goodness, if the caterpillar does not understand what's happening, what will happen is the caterpillar starts sabotaging even that transition phase. So imagine oh, a caterpillar man. school. The caterpillar starts going to the dentist and say, fix my jaws back. They oh, are falling off. Wow. That's why when you're transitioning, sometimes you lose people, you lose friends. Yes. You lose people who served one season. Yeah. And if you don't understand what's going on, you start going to get them back. Mm. you were never supposed to get them back wow because they can't follow you to butterfly season yeah because they're staying that caterpillar and you got to hang out with butterflies if you're going to be a butterfly you got to learn how to fly yeah oh i just got the chills on that one (laughs) so let's talk about this because you and i had a like a heart to heart we were walking my grandson aiden back from the park yesterday or the beach Mm -hmm. and it was really beautiful what you said because being one with god like truly understanding that we're going from glory to glory that god is has something magnificent for us and i think the first mistake I made 
I didn't understand my value. And I had to truly look in the mirror and say, Tina, you're amazing. And that's where my book uh, came, Be Amazing. Absolutely. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm not amazing. She's amazing. That false false humility (laughs) kicked in, which is a sin, that false Mm -hmm. humility, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what I had. And it kicks in every once in a while Mm -hmm. because I'm not looking in that mirror. So talk through that process because I was watching on your Blueprint of How video and I saw that you had people sitting in chairs and they were yelling at each other. I have yeah. a feeling that this is what this is about. Yeah. I was reading the nonverbals. Talk and about people that. started crying. And this I is saw this, that. this is the thing. We're taught, we're conditioned. All of life is conditioned. And some of the things you know now as truth is not really truth. It's truth you were conditioned to believe. Some values you hold really dear. And that's why yeah. someone can hold a belief very strongly and swear by it and you're like oh boy that person is so wrong but that person holds that belief so strongly it's like a negative belief about themselves right yeah like i'm not good enough i i used to have that same belief like i'm not good enough um i'm not smart enough i couldn't be as good as them Mm -hmm. i mean i would see people stand on stage and I would think, man, that would be kind of nice if I could do that someday, but I could never do that. And then years later, I'm standing on stage Absolutely. and I'm remembering that moment Absolutely. right, of sitting. And I remember that distinct moment of mm. sitting up there. I'm not good enough. Mm. And so until I really started to understand who I truly was mm. and who God made me to be, Absolutely. then I could take that on and be the butterfly Absolutely. that God designed me Absolutely. to be. What was that transformational moment for you to really understand that you are God's miracle child? Mm. What was that transformational? I think in my case... Um, I've always had parents and that's where, you know, if you're a parent and you're, you're listening to this, you, you have a great job of conditioning your, um, your children or, or the people you raise your grandma. Cause I see you yeah. do that to Aiden. You're like, I love you. I love you so much. I'm like, this boy is like <laughs> completely full of love. He's like, if anybody tells him he's not loved in this world, he's like, no, nope, yeah. I'm loved. Grandma loves me. Yep. It's like so full of love. You do it. Brian mm-hmm. does it. I'm like, Aiden is going to grow up knowing there's mm-hmm. love in the world. He's never going to doubt that yeah. because he's been conditioned to, you know, grow in an environment of love. For me, I've always grown in that environment. So again, not one turning point. I I think that, for instance, I grew up with my father always saying, you have a first-class brain. You have a first-class brain. I I cannot remember a day in my life he didn't say that. Wow. Even when my results were not first-class results, and I, I failed sometimes very woefully, he would not let the circumstance change his confession. Mm. And that is something that we often do. Yeah. Let the circumstance change the confession. And so even when I failed, he'd look at the result, he'd look at the report sheet, and he'd be like, well, I know you did this, but I need, need you to remember that you have a first-class brain. He was consistent in his confession. So, I mean, I didn't believe, children don't believe you like when they first start, or, or well, children believe you when they're really young, but... Like teenagers, they're like, oh, you have to say that because you're my mommy or you're right. my daddy. Right. But what it is, is a condition. That's why the Bible says train a child. And mm-hmm. when he's older, he will not depart from it. Because when I hit, 
adulthood enough to choose what confession worked with my life i i chose the the one i have a first class brain i'm a genius yes yes so um, and you are a genius. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, I try. It's I try. It's amazing. You lived up to the expectations <laughs> mm-hmm. that your dad gave you. Mm-hmm. and But here's someone's listening and saying, you know what? My dad didn't give me any expectations. He's not even around. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And this is what to do. This is where God comes in. Yeah. This is where if you had no one to speak into your life, God is like, let me do that. Yeah. Listen to what I am saying. That's why he says... You know, don't be moved by what the world tells you. You are come to me. Yes. Come to mm-hmm. me. And that's, you know, in, in in relating it back to what you say about oneness with God and when do I when did I realize that? You have to get back into the word. Into I, I don't want to say the word so it doesn't sound overly spiritual because mm-hmm. one of the things that I like doing is breaking down the spiritual to people so that they can to like bite sized. Yeah. This is the person who made the product. And he's saying, come to me, let me tell you about this product. Mm-hmm. And the product is like, no, I want to go to co-products and ask them about me. Mm. So what people do when they ask p- other people, what do you think about me? Is you're going to co-products. Wow. And a co-product can only answer you according to their level of awareness or their level of thing. God is like, I know everything. Come to me. Mm -hmm. And this is what I often say. When you come to him, what does he say? Who is he? And we were talking about this yesterday. And, you know, you're talking about false humility. And I said, nowhere in the Bible did God say, I'm kind of somehow kind of type of powerful, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm a kind of you know, awesome God. No, God is bulletproof in his awesomeness. He's like, look, let me tell you who I am. Yeah. I am awesome. I'm the bee's knees throughout the Bible. God is talking about himself and how powerful he is and what he can, he's confident in Mm. his, when it's your truth, it's not boasting. Yeah. And he, he just has two words. I am. That's it. I am. When it's your truth, it's not boasting. Hmm. Most people think it's boasting because it's not their truth. Yes. When it's your truth, it's yes. not boasting. I can sit here and say, I am a genius. And it's not boasting because it's my truth. Right. To someone else who hears that, the person, you know, says it's boasting, but it's not, it's not boasting. It's not boasting at all. First of all, I am completely confident in the person who created this product. Mm. And I know he only creates two ways, perfectly and abundantly. And and I'm like, look, look at the master. Sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm like, look at the masterpiece you created, dear Lord. And we're having this I am a masterpiece. I'm a masterpiece. I, I had to keep repeating that over and over and over. And I literally would have my students look at themselves in the mirror and I would see some of them turn their eyes. Mm-hmm. And I did that too. I couldn't even look in my eyes in the mirror. And I just kept forcing myself, forcing And you know me. why? The reason is because there's a conditioning of the world. That's why I started with, you know, how my father conditioned me. Yeah. He was doing an opposite conditioning of what the world conditions you. So the world tells you, don't beat your drum. We, we have all yes. those things, you know, don't talk about yourself so highly. Right. We, we have those cliche, you know, yeah. sentences, you know, uh, an empty barrel makes the most noise. In other words, the world tells you, 
be humble but their mm. th their definition of be humble is false humility cover your mm -hmm. cover your brilliance yeah you know and i tell people take inventory of your brilliance Mm. Take inventory. Remind inventory. Yeah, take inventory. <laughs> I was, Tina is always correcting my my. Um, she speaks American. I speak so English. Yeah, oh, British. Yes. So I, I go like, oh, I want to eat some vegetables. She's like, it's vegetables. I'm like, no, it's vegetables. <laughs> vegetables. I'm like, it's ginger ale. She's like, no, it's ginger ale. I'm like, no, Tina. <laughs> so I'm like, take inventory of your breathing. Let's go yeah. back to about being anxious because you said, what are some of the things that you could do when we talk talked about breathing and just, you know, just even, I just do five deep breaths, right? Real simple throughout the day. I catch myself, but you also said about humming. And, and I love that because you were talking about Paul Martinelli giving a class about, you know, people who meditate mm -hmm. and monks and, you know, they got the, hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but there actually is Absolutely. scientific proof yep. that what, is, what were you talking about? Scientific proof that it, it's, it does something with your brain yes. to really connect with it to be able to calm it down. Yes. I was talking about, um, I went for the seminar with, with my mentor, Paul Martinelli and Roddy Galbraith, and they were talking about the things to do. Um, Roddy was talking about some of the solutions his psychotherapist gave him when he was having some panic attacks and, and dia diaphragmatic breathing was one. So breathing really deeply yeah. and, and you can Google diaphragmatic breathing if you want to do that. Um, and then singing was another singing, but yeah. humming mm. was like at the high end of the, uh, pole in terms of things that can like alleviate panic. Mm. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, the, the amazing thing. And, and I was like, oh, that's why, you know, I think it's in the Buddhism or I can't remember what you know religion it is when they go like the hum. Right. I'm like they could they <laughs> yeah. should have explained this to us rather than just yeah. telling us to say hum. Well, you think about people that do yoga, like yeah, really like extreme yoga. Absolutely, too. it's the same thing. Absolutely, yeah. but most people don't understand that that yeah. is helping some training your brain. Exactly, we're just told what to do. It there's no explanation as to the why. Right. I like going behind the scenes and saying yeah, why. Yeah, because it could be kind of weird and kind of out there. It's I know like, sometimes you know, just close your yeah, eyes. Yeah, like, like what's Tap your think. fingers together and go, hmm, <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> but but once works. I understand, again, mm. that's understanding. Once mm. I understand this is what happens, you then start seeing it in nature. Yeah. Because we, di we did it before the world asked us, what are you doing? Children hum all the time. Yes, I know. Aiden's always humming. They just go around humming. He hums himself to sleep. I often tell people all the solutions are actually ingrained in us as human beings we, we are just talked out of it oh all the solutions are ingrained with us as human beings we're, we're just, just talked out, out of it. it so be careful who's speaking to you absolutely you have to like almost erase some of the things that were said to you absolutely and and start to repeat and that's what i had to do absolutely. honestly i remember i was bullied quite often when i was younger and just some really mean things said to me mm -hmm. about my looks and it was just bad, and so I had to erase a lot of those things, Mafan. And uh, but it can be done. I mean, I'm living proof Absolutely. that it can be done. And and so I love that you said music as well. And you and I is funny because you said what kind of music do you listen to? And I actually have that go-to song when I'm really having that panic attack or that anxiety steps mm -hmm. in. 
And it was funny because it's one of your songs yep. too. It's by Sela, <laughs> Press On. Press On. And I'll get in my car and just belt it out. So have that go-to song for you that's going to really help you through that process. And we always say to our staff, like, make sure you pay, play your happy song because you, when you get out of that car and you walk into the business, make sure you're the happiest person in that room because, you know, you're responsible for the energy you bring I agree. into the place. I agree. And so be responsible for that energy. And so we talked about that. So here we are. Step one, to be a butterfly. One, search for someone to feed you. So basically yep. invest in yourself. And you certainly did that. Uh, but look for someone that understands your symptoms. Yep. And you got to know those symptoms first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You got to spend some time knowing those symptoms. Objectively so that, know them. Don't 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 put emotions to them because sometimes ooh. when we're thinking of what's going on in my life, we're we're blaming. And I tell people remove the emotions, remove the blame, shame, mm -hmm. and remove the I could have, should have, would have. Wow. Just say what it is. What are you going through? So even when people are, uh, I, I did a webinar with people taking inventory of their end of year and i said and i was asking people how was your 2019 and they were like oh it was bad it was horrible blah 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 wow and i said you know what stop take inventory of 2019 again another game changer because i like look at this is mm. what could have should have does it is comparison you're 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 just not aware that you're comparing because i could have done Mm. this you're comparing it to what you should have done yeah which is something maybe another person did um and accomplished so i'm like it's mm. it's a never-ending cycle so wow. yes stop um, shooting on yourself stop shooting on yourself <laughs> just what is the symptom yeah. without an emotion just say i am so for instance instead of saying i don't like what i do anymore because i am lazy right just tell me stop what is going telling, on. Stop labeling yourself as exactly. lazy, first of all. I get so, so tired of hearing people <laughs> saying bad things about themselves. <laughs> it's like, no, God wouldn't say that about you. There was you. a lady I met in the elevator uh, uh, three days ago. I was in a hotel, mm. and there was this flustered lady, and she got into the, to the lift, said, oh, you know, good morning. And she said, oh, I, I, I lost my phone. And I'm like, oh, that, and I said, oh, that could be a bummer sometimes. That could be a mess sometimes. And she said, I'm such a mess. Oh, and don't I, say those yeah, things and about I yourself. Said, you lost your phone. That's it. Stop. Good for you. Doesn't mean I am a mess. Doesn't translate to your identity. And a lot of us translate the happenings to our identity. Ooh. And then yeah. it perpetuates this self-fulfilling cycle because I'm a mess, creates more messes. And then we are like, yeah, you see, I said I'm a mess. And, and I'm like, no, stop. Talk about what happened without bringing it to your identity. Your identity is his identity that he had created man. God didn't say, oh, God, you're such a mess. You created this mess. No, God said, that is a mess. Yeah. I will recreate it. Yeah. That's the thing. You have the power to recreate. Yeah. The thing you created before can be a mess. It's the thing that is a mess, not you. No. You are creator. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So uh, number two was be one with 
God, you have a first class brain. And so when I said be one with God, I'm actually starting to think about like putting your fingers together on both hands and just hum. <laughs> I am one with God. I am right? one with God. I am one. So truly, truly understand your value because you have a first class brain. And then number three, it's okay to be anxious, but learn how to manage your thoughts. And you said something so huge. It means your assignment is bigger than you mm. when you're anxious. And mm. that is so beautiful because yes, let it be bigger than you. Allow God to work through you so that people would look at you and say only God could, could have, have done, done that. The, you know the funny thing? When you say be anxious, allow, it's okay. People are gonna be like, oh, it's yes. not okay. Even the Bible says it's not okay. Um, there's a reason God says don't be anxious. Because mm -hmm. he knows that certain things will happen that you will be anxious. Yes. He knows it's going to happen. He it's knows okay. it's going to happen. Don't and so he says. With medication. Exactly. Yes. Just yes. this is what to do. He says, yes. when you get to that thing, not if. Yes. You don't tell your child, don't step out. If you know your child is never going to step out, you say don't step out because you know there's a likelihood yes. your child will step out. Yes. And so God knows you're going to get to anxious faces. And he says, when you get there, don't dwell on the anxiety. So good. But go to Thanksgiving. Tell me what the problem is. Yeah. Then leave it with me. Let me fix it. Yep. Learn how to manage your thoughts. Leave it with him. Breathe. Hum. Listen to your music. Exercise. We talked about some of those things yesterday that you could do to get rid of that anxiety. Right? Absolutely. These are all great things. But what if we were to do all those things all the time to help prevent that anxiety from Absolutely. coming in, right? Mm -hmm. The more I do those types of things, the more great habits I instill in my life every single day, the more consistent, the less anxious I am. Yep. In fact, my husband said to me uh, recently, he said, Tina, I've noticed that you're a lot more calm and you're not Aww. freaking out over <laughs> different situations. My word this year, Mofan is new because I want to start creating that new human that people don't recognize that only they would say that only is God yep. in her, yep. calming her down. Absolutely. But I've got to instill those great habits. And so number four, expect potholes because mm. it's going to build your muscles and you need different what did you say? Different tools uh, for that different you're gonna, for seasons. Different seasons. Mm -hmm. So, you know, talking about the caterpillar. Yeah. I can't believe how much you know about caterpillars. I don't, butterflies. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think we prepare Christians to expect potholes. No. I think Christians have been taught wrong. Me too. That everything yeah. is going to. Once you believe in God, it should be peachy. Yeah. Now I was studying, and this is the fun thing, guys. If you're Tina's friend. You need to come to Marco. You need to beg her. Tina, allow me to come to her. Come I, out. I'm here and I just sit and stare at the water and I'm talking to God and I'm reading the mm. Bible. So I was studying the Bible today and uh, I was amazed at what I saw. Yesterday I was studying and I went and asked Tina a question about what I was studying in the Bible. So you get to be part of a Bible study. Uh, today I was studying, I think it was the... the um, the children of Israel had a problem with the tribe of Benjamin. Mm. And Benjamin is a tribe in the, the, you know, one of the 12 tribes of, of Israel. But they had, you know, killed a man's wife, you know, through, you know, a, a stranger came, a Levite came through their city. And the Benjamin, this is the funny thing. The Levite said he didn't want to stop at the unbeliever city. He wanted to come to a city of his brethren mm. to stop. And he came to the city of Benjamin or one of the Benjamite city, Gibeah, one of those things. 
and they killed his wife. They raped the wife to death. So this is like, I came to my brother and my brother, this, this to me. So the man got home. This is a kind of gross. This is old, you know, old Testament Bible. Cut up his wife into 12, you know, pieces. Right. Send them out to the 12 tribes of Israel and said, this yeah. is what Benjamin did to my wife. The right. tribe of Benjamin. And so all of Israel came together and said, you know what? We're going to, we're going to go. To, they, they told Benjamin, they said, look, give us the men that did this horrible thing to this man's wife. Yeah. Let us kill them. Mm -hmm. Let us, you know, avenge this man. He's one of us. And, and we, you know, let's just right the wrong. And Benjamin was like, the Benjamites were like, nope, we're good. And then the children of Israel were like, we're going to fight you. And then the children of Benjamin were like, yep, come on. And so the children of Israel went to God and said, we're about to take one of our brothers to war. Should we go ahead? And God said, go ahead. You know, just God and all that. He's like, go ahead. But the children of Israel, about 200 and something thousand of them went against this 26,000 Benjamites and lost. And lost. God gave the go ahead, yeah. but they still lost. Hmm. Then they went back to God and they were crying and they're like, look, you told us to go ahead. Should we go after them again? And God said, go ahead again. They went against the, the children of Benjamin, the tribe of Benjamin, and they lost the second time. Wow. And at this point, when I was reading the Bible, I was like, come on, God, you're telling these people to go to war and you're, and they're losing. Yeah. And it occurred to me, the fact that God said go doesn't mean you will not lose. Wow. The fact that God says go doesn't mean you will not lose. There's a lot That's of powerful. us who think that because God said go, it means an automatic win. Yeah. This is what it meant. By the third time the, the, the children of Israel came to God, they're like, God, we've, you said we should go. The first two times we went, they wiped up our men. This is the third time. God said go. This time I will give you the victory. But guess what? This time around, they went against the children of Benjamin, but this time they went with a strategy. Ah, okay. That's another thing that a lot of Christians don't do because God says, go do the business. We don't think we have to have strategy for the business. We don't think we have to have values for the business. We don't think we have to have accounting done. We don't think we yeah. have to have Foundation. auditing done. No, we just go. Zero. We're like, yeah, God gave us the word. Let's go. The Whoa. third time around, the children of Israel developed a strategy by themselves. They didn't, they didn't, this is where they entered the place of co-creator. They're like, God has given us his word now. Let's go develop a strategy. They didn't develop a strategy the first two times. So when God says go, it means the victory is, is, is promised. Doesn't mean the work will not be done by you. Right. So this time around, the children of Israel drew away the children of Benjamin from their city into the field, then ambushed them. It was a plan. And that's when they won. In other words, I just, mm -hmm. I was reading it thinking, oh my goodness, they could have kept on losing and God would have kept on watching. Oh my gosh. Wow. His okay. Promise the victory. Yeah. But you have to go and do your own part of co-creation, get with the strategy. You want to own salons that take over the world? Go do the strategy. God has said you'll be victorious. Doesn't mean it'll be a walk in the park. You yeah. go do your work. Right. You go hire staff. You have mm -hmm. people will people will leave you. You will learn how to create systems. You will be better for it. Yes. 
100%. You know? So it's, a lot of time when people say, God told me this, what I hear is it's going to succeed. And I'm like, nah, nah. God, God told you this. He has given it his blessing. You're still, you might face potholes. You might, yeah. fa- I don't, that's why I said, I don't think we prepare Christians for potholes. So when they see potholes, they say, I don't think I heard God right. No, you heard God right. Yeah. Keep going. Keep don't going. Quit. Exactly. Yeah. I, I say try again yeah. the second time, but try with better strategy. Go again, but what do you have to change? Go again. Who do you have to get on your team? Who do you have to drop from your team? Go again. Wow. What do you need to learn? What is God trying to teach you? Yes. And so I'm like, the children of Israel won the third time, but by then they've developed strategy. Mm. They knew how to use their men better. You know, it was, it was, it was, I was like, wow. That's a huge wow for me because for 10 years I was in the blame and the shame uh, on my first walk out Mafan because I knew in my heart of hearts that that was supposed to be part of my purpose was running salons. But because it had failed, I walked away. Absolutely. For 10 years, I was wandering in the desert, oh right? Oh, my goodness. And then I realized, whoa, no, Tina, you just had cracks in your foundation. That's it. And, yeah, and you just need to fix build. Fix it. Yeah, fix it. You know, we were, we were talking of a, a man on TV. We didn't see him again on TV. And you and I Googled the man and found out that he'd had a DUI. Yes. And he was ashamed about I it. Know. And you were like, come on, yes. get over it. Get, get over back it. into the game. Yeah. Like if this get is what you're called show. to do, admit where you're at fault. Yeah. Correct the wrong. Correct the wrong. And go again. And go again. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you said that because I love that you said just because God says go doesn't mean you won't lose. Yeah. And I tell you, that was the number one reason why Sean and I started training salon owners. Because again, because things don't happen to you. They happen through you for, for other you. people. Yeah. And right? for you and for other people. For yeah. other people. And that's exactly what happened, you know, of course, with my failures in business. And so Sean and I said, hey, let's start this business. Let's help salon owners to not have cracks in their foundation. Absolutely. So that they can have companies that actually run well, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean yeah. they won't lose, but let's help you. Let's help build strategies, like you said. And here's the number one mistake that I see with hairstylists. They're like, oh, I can do hair. I think I'll go own my own business because mm-hmm. I'll probably make more money. No, mm-hmm. eh, let's let's back up. <laughs> let's build a strategy. And so now I'm actually working on a project right now of helping a salon stylists that go immediately from a salon um, making six figures to going into a suite thinking they're still going to make those six figures mm-hmm. but eh, they're not mm-hmm. because they forgot about expenses they don't know we talked about yesterday yeah. they don't understand numbers yep. and they don't understand a profit and loss statement Absolutely. they don't understand that they have to pay quarterly taxes they don't understand so everything just rushes at them because yes. now they're in the owner's seat Yes. And they're like, nobody prepared me for this. Yes, and I want to prepare them. Yep, absolutely. But you see, you had to lose. I had to lose to to see that. To get this. And now it's profitable to you. In fact, this is where, like David, you look back and say, it was good that I was afflicted. Yes. Because David said that in the Bible. And people Mm -hmm. are like, what? And like, no, no, no. When you see the, the fruits that could come out when you objectively dissect that affliction and you're like look i'm gonna profit from this pain yes i'm gonna profit from I'm this gonna pain. profit from this pain yes. and like you become that kind of christian that the devil is like nah don't even put her through anything she's gonna profit from the pain like don't even go near her 
Um, once you become that kind of person, you now understand why David looked back and say, "It was good that I was afflicted, for I would not have done this. I would not yeah. have known. I would not have, I would not have been this rounded person." Yeah. Stop running for affliction. Stop running from affliction. Uh, oh. In terms of stop running from the things that challenge your core. Sometimes it's your ego it challenges. Stop running from it. Just stay. I often tell people, stay in the discomfort. Mm. You're uncomfortable. It's stay there. Stay there sometimes. I'm not saying just throw your hands up in the air and just give up and just say, oh, I'm sick. So no, no, no. Fight. Yeah. Stay there. Mm -hmm. Fight. Learn the lesson. That's the thing. Learn the lesson. Not just the lesson from your own filtered eyes because sometimes we're so affected by the problem that our our lesson from the problem is is skewed yes so mm-hmm. you could have learned a lesson and, and your lesson could have been i'm not going to employ any you know certain type a of people a lot of salon owners say that and yeah. they're just putting their hands up in the air and say what's wrong with people these exactly. days what's wrong with these millennials you're a millennial <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. You see, that's, that's, that's learning a lesson through a skewed. You're just learning. That's just a dysfunctional lesson. Yeah. It's dysfunctional. I'm like, no, put yourself Mm -hmm. on the, on the table and and have an operation and have other people look into it and say, this is what you should do. Yeah. You need people that see your blind spots. That's why you gotta have a coach. You gotta have a counselor. And I actually have coaches and counselors in all areas of my life. So professionally, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, because I know that I'm not going to see those blind spots Absolutely. that you need to have. Absolutely. So number five was just because God says go doesn't mean you won't lose. Mm-hmm. Develop strategies. You will profit from your pain. Mm-hmm. Number six, stop running from things that challenge your core. Stay in the discomfort. So well, let's jump into what do you think number seven is to be a butterfly? There will be a season... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say what the lesson is, and then we can we can okay. you know get the bullet point. Yeah, there'll be a season when you're neither a caterpillar, and you're you're not a caterpillar anymore, but you're not yet a butterfly. Mm. There's a season when the caterpillar stops being a caterpillar. It has become a butterfly, but it's not yet flying. Yeah. That season, so you, Tina said I studied. I studied this. Yes, I studied. I actually studied this. The the caterpillar has left the cocoon. The shell has broken off, but the wings are wet. It mm. it has to stay there for a period, and then has to pump blood into the wings, and then before it opens it, and then learns how to fly. Oh. You're gonna have that season when you're neither here nor there. Mm. In all you're getting, get understanding. Understand what season you're in. Okay, number seven is understand (laughs) Understand what season you're in. in. Because when I say you're neither a butterfly, you're neither a caterpillar, you would have sometimes, in in relating this to real life scenarios, you would have left certain friends or certain groups. You don't fit in any group. You're just there. Stay there. Stay there. It's okay. Stay there. It's okay. It's okay. That's interesting. Brian had that season uh, not too long ago, uh, quite a few years ago, actually, about four or five years ago. And 
a pastor told him that you're on the right path. Absolutely. And uh, cause he was just kind of like wandering in the desert. He was Absolutely. in that season Absolutely. before the fly. Absolutely. Right? So this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Understand the season, understand you're okay. I feel like to, and it's okay. I want to say it on this podcast to some of you, some people who are like, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. And because you, because you don't fit anywhere. Your family doesn't understand you. Your friends don't understand you. You're neither here nor you haven't yet found the new tribe, but you're out of the old tribe. You're like the children of Israel in the wilderness. You're out of Egypt, but you're not yet in Canaan. You're still in the wilderness. (laughs) You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. I, I feel like, I feel this really strong. I have goosebumps. I'm yeah. Like, I wish you could see her right now because this is really powerful. I'm animated right now. I'm like, you're, that is one of the most challenging seasons. It's a brick, make or break season. Yeah. I call it, the, I call it sometimes the transition season, but I just call it the gray area. Yeah. You're, it's a make or break. It's season. make or break because Think about it. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, guess what? They were like, let's go back to Egypt. Yeah. To go eat the cucumbers and leeks and onions. Now think about it. Yeah. What is so tasty about cucumbers that you want to go back to slavery because of cucumbers? Think of it. Mm -hmm. It's in that season, your mind starts playing tricks on you. Mm. Telling you, it magnifies the pain. It magnifies the pleasure in the pain you left. Well, it's one of those seasons where you've left, maybe you left a relationship because there was abuse. You're not yet in the new relationship. You're in the season. And then your mindset saying, maybe it wasn't that bad. Maybe you should go back. It yeah. was bad enough for you to leave. Yeah. But this Be is smart. Absolutely. Because I say your mind at this season, it minimizes pain. Hmm. It starts giving you a picture that is not really true yeah. of where you left. Mm. Um, you need to just stay. Yeah. Stay in the uncomfortableness of not fitting in. Yeah. It's uncomfortable for human beings because we're people of tribes. Human beings, right. we like we tribes. Wanna and we want to We want to yeah. belong. Yes. Yeah. And in that process, you're neither caterpillar, neither butterfly. But it's it's... It's a requirement for growth. That alone sees yeah. any leader, anybody who has done anything of worthy of 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 any anybody who has done anything of worth has mm. gone through that season. So stay in that season. So something that I keep thinking about when you're talking about that, that's the time when you gotta be really careful who speaks into oh, your life. Oh, absolutely. Because people that are emotionally involved with you are going to steer you wrong and you need to get someone that's unattached to your situation and get opinions and and like i was saying so depending on let's say you want to leave a place of employment which Mm -hmm. is great because Mm -hmm. you want to grow you want to grow do it the right way um but get advice from people that are not in the picture with you mm-hmm. because they could steer you wrong. Absolutely. And so getting advice from people unattached, I think is just so important. I know um, I've utilized coaches for that. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Right? Hiring a coach. You know, I heard something. I'm like, stop trying to get constructive opinion from people who haven't constructed anything. Exactly. <laughs> Say that again. Stop, stop trying to get constructive opinions from people who haven't constructed anything. Yes. Uh, at that that period, like Tina said, is really sensitive. I would say, go to people who have been through that before. Yeah. Nobody who has 
attained higher will tell you you're reaching for too much. Yeah. Nobody who has attained higher will mm-hmm. tell you you're reaching for too much. People who have been through that season can say, oh, you're in this season. So imagine a caterpillar <laughs> or a med- You're not a caterpillar. You're not a butterfly. I often say you're a catapum. You're in the middle. You're yeah. not, you're, you don't have any label. Someone who has been a butterfly, mm. who is a butterfly, knows exactly that season. Now, if you ask the opinion of the caterpillar, oh, ugh, the caterpillar oh. be like, I don't know why you're out there all your own. Yeah. You know, I'm in my cocoon. I have jaws. I have an intestine. Yeah. You cannot ask the opinions of the caterpillar. That's crazy. Because I, I, I was also thinking about not only, because <laughs> how do you know if they're a caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Most likely your inner circle is all caterpillars. caterpillars. So if you're a caterpillar, Absolutely. I'm talking to you right now, <laughs> it, it, right? So you've got to get around higher-minded people. And here's the deal. I have, you know, almost eight companies right now um, and counting. And here's the deal. I get three different opinions on uh, maybe having a new water heater or whatever needs to be done, mm-hmm. right? But yet, I don't get three different opinions from my life. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right absolutely you want to you want to get a washing machine you yes get, you google you you do yeah, search you, you <laughs> want to find an expert in your in their field for mm-hmm. a plumber mm-hmm. but you're not finding an expert for your, for life. your life and that's why i'm like yeah. look get a coach get a coach get a coach yeah a Always. higher-minded coach that's why i say the people like you like you said how do you know if they're caterpillars if they don't understand your symptoms they are not butterflies yeah. Caterpillars do yeah. not understand transition symptoms because they've yeah. never they've not transitioned yet. Yeah. A butterfly would understand that symptom. Yeah. Butterfly would be like, oh, I did that. I did that. Yeah. Um, you know, just um, John Maxwell always says, if you're the smartest in the class, you're in the wrong class. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I often that's why I hang around Tina, guys. That's why I hang around <laughs> Tina. That's why I hang around you. Just, just <laughs> I often like literally my, my company is transitioning to a higher level. I'm like, yeah, let's mm. come and spend some time with Tina. Come and spend some time with Paul McNeil. I know the people in my life who are butterflies to me. Yeah. I'm like, Tina, how do you do your accounting? How do you do your this? How do you do your that? And she's like, oh yeah, you have to learn that now. You have to do this now. I, I'm taking notes. We literally take notes from each other. We do. She's like, what do, yeah. what do you do with this? You have to have pen and paper when you're <laughs> around the phone. Absolutely. <laughs> Say with Tina. I'm like, okay, go Google this. She's like, Sean, we need to check out this. Yeah. <laughs> and 100%. we exchange. Mm-hmm. And if, if, you know, you have to be useful to other people. Mm. Um... Because you're going through that phase again, not just for you, but so that when the next caterpillar is in transition, they know to come to you. Yeah. What's talk about your blueprint of how a program and how someone can take that workshop. And I know I want to take that workshop, so I hope you come close near me soon. Got it. So yeah. we have an, uh, the blueprint of how is, is a seminar. It's kind of a clarity seminar and it's for anybody at any walk in life. And it like, anybody um confused clear successful anybody um yeah you, you never have too much clarity you know there's nothing that, <laughs> there's never anything like oh i got too much clarity i'm good no yeah. no you always need clarity for your life um and so we take people through a process it's actually a 10-hour process we're trying to put it virtually now so more people oh nice they, yeah so hang on to your hat exactly to hang on to your hat to make right. it virtual um but this year we're starting with uh, a book study on how people how to think 
Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm actually doing a book study first nice. on how to think. And that one is virtual. So you can just go on the blueprint of how.com and just, you, you'll get information there on the, on okay. the study of how to think, because okay. I realized during the seminar, um, we're stuck because our thinking is actually stuck. Yeah. Wherever your thinking stops is where your life stops. And most of us think we think, but we don't actually think. We just regurgitate thought. We, we think, we, we take the evidences from our environment and we think we're actually thinking. You're just rehashing thoughts, you know, that have been fed into you from your environment. Yeah. Um, and so I learned about seven years ago how to think. And I was like, wow, that changed my life completely. I thought I was a great thinker until i realized i was just recycling thought um Whoa. i was just recycling what this person has said or what that person has said or what this person has said but not really um tuning into myself and what my thoughts were and what my possibilities were and so that's another thing you mm. you don't know all there is to know guys someone else taught me in spite of all my degrees and, and i was a lawyer maritime lawyer aviation lawyer i had done all the degrees but someone taught me how to really think yeah. and think about it who would think that i need a lesson on how to think yeah nobody thinks they need that until you need it wow and so paul martinelli taught me this is this is what you're doing you're not thinking you're actually just recycling thought and that's where you're getting the kind of results you're getting in your life now let's do this, read this book. This is took me through a study and that's why I'm taking people through that study. So the study starts in March. You may want to join us. Um, in March. Yes. Okay. The study starts in March. Uh, if you're on Instagram, if you click the link in my bio, that's fun. Echo one. That's the name on Instagram. fun. Echo one. M F O N E K P O number one. Number one. If you click the link on mm -hmm. my bio, it takes you straight to oh, the, perfect to the book study link. I made that as uh, number nine, by the way, um, learning how to think because Absolutely. when your thinking stops, your, your life, life stops. stops. And it's too crazy because Sean's word this year is clarity. So he's wow. going to want to take the seminar. Go Sean. Yeah. Go Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it's clarity. And you're right. I, and it, for me, every year it's gaining new clarity. That's my word, new clarity. Absolutely. Is new and just constant clarity on am I going in the right direction? God, give me wisdom. Give me revelation. Help me to know uh, what I need to pursue yep. this year. Yep. Right? I, I love mm -hmm. that you said, help me know what I need to pursue this year. Yes. Because he could have said, no, don't do that two years ago. Right. And then this year he's like, you can do it. It's time. It's time. Yeah. You're but ready. A lot of us are not like seeking clarity every season or every year. We're just like, yeah, he told me that five years ago. Is that still relevant right now? Yeah. You need to know, like I need, I'm always going through, okay, is this relevant right now? It was a go at that time. Anybody who is still using a Blackberry phone right now yeah. is Hello. like, yeah, <laughs> that was the rage like five years ago yeah. or seven years ago. It's not the rage anymore. So think of it. If you change electronics as much as you do, why, why are you recycling your life without mm. change? Yeah. You change your clothes. You change your, you change almost everything. Yeah. The constant in the human life is change, but we hardly do it with our lives. 
Yeah, stop being a human doing and start being a human being. I, I love that you said that. It's so funny because Sean used to have a Blackberry and I used to tease him because I had an iPhone <laughs> and I'd be like, get rid of that blueberry because that's what it is. And the I finally blueberry. talked him into it and now he's Apple everything. So it's blueberry. kind of funny. So let's, uh, let's end this out with number 10 because that was number nine. So Got what's it. number 10 uh, to be a butterfly? What's your last piece of advice you want to leave with everybody? My last piece of advice is you're enough. Mm. Yeah. You're enough. For everything your life needs, you're enough. Um, it's, it seems simplistic, but if you could hone into the depth of that, everything mm. your life needs, you have. You're enough. You can, most people say, oh, but I don't have it in my hand. I'm like, yes, I know you don't have it in your hand, but you can produce it. Mm. When God says he's giving you everything that pertains to life and godliness, he didn't give it to you in your hand. He gave you the capacity to produce it. Yeah. Most of us, when we want to, when we want to do something, we, we, we keep looking to our bank accounts and say, can I afford that? I'm like, that's not ever how life was supposed to be. So, for instance, you have a grandson. Yeah. Aiden, imagine if your daughter said, oh, Aiden is about to be born. Let's buy him everything he needs in life. That's rubbish. You, can, mm -hmm. you don't have enough space to buy Aiden everything he needs in life. What God says is, let him be born. And then as he's one, he gets the provision he needs at one mm. year old. When he's two, he gets the provision he needs at two. When he's 10, he gets the provision he needs at 10. That's how God has planned your life. What Tina needed at 20, she had. What she needs at 50, she had. But it's not that she has it in her hand. It's that she has the power to produce it. Yeah. You have the power to produce the money you need for the life you want. You need to just find out who can teach you how to draw. It's like, it's like, it's like going to to expert school to find out this is this is the raw copy of me i need someone to teach me how to draw from that well mm. um so you have gone to expert blacksmiths this is what coaches are that's what mentors are and they tell you tina this is how to draw from within yeah everything mm. you need without exists within mm. everything you are enough yeah the money you need is there i promise you is there when people say I can afford that, I'm like, yeah, maybe right now you can afford it, but you can create it. You were never supposed to afford everything you needed. Mm -hmm. You were supposed to create everything you need. Perfect. That's it. You're enough. Yeah. Well, everything so. you need without you have within. Beautiful. Thank you, Mafan. I love welcome. you so much. I love you, sugar bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.